Hi, and welcome to the Adventure Games Club podcast. And um, today we're going to be talking about uh, interests. <laughs> today we're going to be talking about uh, an introductory set of interactive fiction games. So text parser games um, from the 90s and the early aughts. And with me, I'm not my own podcast, but is the <laughs> proprietor, Michael, and our friend John, aka Hi. Bogus Meat Factory, who is very enthused to have loud and wrong opinions about Emily Short. So Oh no. <laughs> this is not uh, just for the listeners i am flailing wildly in the, the webcam that you cannot yes, see obviously yes there was a muppety vibe of outrage so the oh, games that we're going to be talking about are photopia shade galatea bronze and lost pig this is really such an iconic starter pack of these games i think it definitely covers the broad range of styles for parser related interactive fiction. That's for sure. Yes. Okay. So I am a baby brain about parser games. I have played or tried to play all these games at least, but I don't understand everything that it means when someone says something is a parser game. That's just when you are typing in text. Is it? So, so how I how I always explain it for folks, because I'm a giant person. I love parsers very, very Great. much, but I also do understand the limitations of the parser. And a lot of folks, when they think about parser games, they have big brain ideas that don't always pan out. Mm -hmm. But a parser is really just think of it like this. You're having a conversation with uh, a, a piece of uh, someone and you have a medium that's that's an interpreter between what you are saying and what they are saying. So you're typing a uh, a message that you want to send uh it goes to the computer who interprets it and then sends it off to the the software who then responds in kind to the computer and the computer returns that information to you so you're having a conversation with a medium is the best way that i can explain it um it's very direct and intimate uh whereas a lot of video games that you play are typically replicating uh the, the human motions and the kinetic energy of our human bodies and with a with a parser game what you're far more doing now is having communication and that intimate nature of communication so it's interesting because what you're describing first of all that was a great explanation and oh, thank you also I'm sorry to Michael that I've just taken over as the person. No, this is like, this, I'm but, like on a vacation, um, <laughs> please. This is great. That's Thank great. You. Um, what you're saying reminds me of a discourse that happens in programming communities as well, because mm -hmm. the closer a programming language is to natural language is what they call it. The more accessible it is to a lot more people compared with, oh really, really abstract languages where you're just typing like mathematical code and single letters and stuff like that. So it's interesting to see. I would guess that people who are really good with parser games are have a natural advantage if they start to learn some of the more user-friendly programming languages too, which is cool. Yeah. 
I got to try it because Inform is one that is uh, that uses natural human language, and I struggle. But I struggle with programming in general. That's just me as a person. Yeah, or Ink. Ink is very yeah. oh, Ink. Oh. Um, pretty natural language oriented because it's it's actually doing what you're saying, where you're typing in uh, Markdown, and then the computer mm-hmm. interprets it into a JavaScript file for you. Which is oh, awesome. interesting. Mm-hmm. Ink is great. Interesting, yeah. fun. Well, let's talk about these games. I mean, uh, when did we not want to talk about first? Well, I oh, I, have so much I had to a say question. Do we want to uh, just go in? I had a question. Oh, sure. Uh, what was everyone's first time playing parser games? What's your first experience with that? If people remember, I'll leave that to Caroline. What was your first one? Ooh. This is such a good question. Um, for me, it might have been bronze. Oh. That's at least the first one that I I played. I felt like I was understanding it and I enjoyed the experience and completed it. A lot of the ones like I bounced off of Lost Pig and Photopia because they were just outside of my skill set. And that's on me. That's not anything to do with the games. But so Emily Short was really my hook that cool. got me in. Yeah. Um, I mean, my first uh, experience with uh, text adventures and interactive fiction, uh, I mean, technically parsers, if I was doing, talking parsers, <clears throat> it was Space Quest 2. That was my very first one when I was uh, four years old, but uh, which I loved. And it taught me to type and read and like and comprehend big time because it was an, uh, an essential resource in order to succeed in these games. But um, my first text adventure was honestly, it was Spellcasting 201 by Steve Moretzky. That is my very first like text adventure. Uh, and, um, but uh, I enjoyed it. I mean, I was a, I was a, I had a, like an early teen kid. So obviously I enjoyed it, but it then opened me up to a mind forever voyaging and like the world of, of and I was always interested in MUDs, uh, multi user dungeons, which are text online RPGs. Um, and so it opened my mind to um, other avenues of these sorts of things that that love and fascination for something that's very comedic and very like a a little crude and lewd uh opened me up though to much higher thought games and and real interactive fiction versus just being like puzzles puzzles hey um and i mean the rest is history i absolutely adore um text adventures i adore interactive fiction and there's a distinction to be made there obviously but um and the use of parsers in a lot of other genres and styles it's just something that i think is really a fascinating avenue that we don't go into in game design as much as i think we should you yeah. know what about you mike uh no i know that I know. question and then I you guess, get off scot-free uh, oh, tech, michael's rainbow wheeling trying to technic- remember no i remember uh <laughs> technically well it's a two-part answer uh, technically the first game i played with a parser was leisure suit larry when i was like four years old <laughs> oh that's right but yes. outside of like that was me just trying to walk around the bar outside and like not understanding anything yeah. uh and then the first text adventure was zork actually in the mid 90s like my dad really? I, my dad knew what it was i think this this might have been when they made it freeware or whatever for that like there's a brief period where Activision made like Zork freeware. And yeah. so it was just like, all right. Like my dad downloaded it for me. It was just like, here you go. And it was neat. I didn't get too far into it at the time, but it was, I thought it was cool because it was like, because I played Return to Zork and Zork Nemesis. And so I knew like 
no. the White House and stuff like that. So I was like, oh, okay. So I was like seeing You're all these things that get referenced and like the thief and like all that stuff. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I always thought it was neat. And then like finding out, you know, like I think I found out there's a modern IF community because it was presented to me in the context of like, these are dead now, but this is how people used to play games. Um, and yeah. then, you know, like I think five six seven whatever year in high school in the early 2000s i found out that there was still a community of people making these and it's very cool yeah how did you how did uh, caroline i don't know about you but like uh did you was there ever a moment where you had like learned that there was a big community for if or that that existed like what how did you stumble upon this if at all like when i am not sure i've been trying to remember and I had an unconventional path toward games. I didn't really play many games at all until I was an adult. So a lot of games that were childhood games for many other people, I was catching up when I was in my 20s. And I feel like I probably came across Emily Short's work in particular because she's still a huge part of the narrative games community. Now she's the creative director at Fail Better. And she uh, wrote for Sunless Sea, which is one of my favorite games of all time. Mm -hmm. And I was very into Fall in London, which is really not a text parser game, but definitely a text game. And Mm -hmm. I was just kind of exploring what was out there and seeing what different people had made. And the nice thing about a certain large set of parser games is that they are not just available to play for free, but in a browser, they're so, so accessible. So it made it really, really easy to just decide I'll try this. And I remember getting into counterfeit monkey, which we talked a little bit about before the show, but to have a game of that size where I was like, I really need to actually save this and play it over many sessions, just like kind of a traditional uh, tent post kind of game was mm-hmm. really interesting. And thinking about all the work that went into that, because I'm a writer myself and a coder, the idea of coding and all these different things that people can say and do, and you have to have all these contingencies, the complexity of that is really exciting to think about for me. Oh, yeah. Um, so to answer my own question there, I mean, I learned about this stuff. Uh, I would say I was about 20, 21 years old at the time when the documentary Get Lamp came out, um, mm-hmm. Jason Scott's documentary. And, um, I was immediately like, cause I already knew about like, you know, muds and multi-user dungeons. And there was a scene there already for those sorts of things, but I didn't really know that there was a lot for, um, interactive fiction. And through Get Lamp, I was like, okay, um, Nick Montfort's book, Twisty Little Passages. I'm going to go buy that book. I'm going to go reach out to, to Jason Scott and be like, is there a scene right now? Where is this? scene and like literally I, I reached out to him by email and like 10 minutes later he replied and it's like do you have time i'll and do you have a uh a mud like a client i'll hook you up and i was like okay and he went and he took me around and showed me the the if community's uh mush that they had and it was really just nice and it was amazing and i got to meet all these really interesting people and start to see all their works and stuff like this and be like wow this is 
a lot bigger than I thought. And it was so overwhelming in such a really positive way. And uh, I loved it to death. It was really, really great to be able to know that that stuff was out there. So hi. What about what you, Michael? You want to talk? When yeah, did I find out about the uh, modern have community? Yeah. Uh, I think from Retro Gamer Magazine, which is like now an old magazine. Mm-hmm. It's been around for a while now, but they had like bonus pack and disc for one of their early issues that had like a bunch of parts or games on a CD. And it wasn't, it was like stuff from the modern IF community. It's like, oh, okay, I guess this is a thing still. And so uh, it was presented. I think I picked it magazine up for a different reason i think they had something on like amiga games or something i don't know but it's just something i picked up from like yeah. barnes and noble or borders or whatever um but yeah then like yeah i've heard about things like i watched get lamp and uh yeah and just like found out about all the competitions and stuff like that so yeah, yeah. yeah. still playing them uh, yay and here we and thus here we are <laughs> Um, so what game do you guys want to talk about first out of all just, of these? What, when's, what were the ones like you want to really like? I mean, we can just go through the list. Like, what do you want to? We'll see. Oh, that's not as fun. Yeah, right? but it's for my what own you want to talk about? sanity is. I need. Okay. Well, okay. Let's see. How... <laughs> Mike oh, is dreading this just... podcast because I've, I've got, I've got the, I've got no, the spicy I don't know. But no, I have the list. It was just going the year that they came out. And so these games were, okay. I just pick these because they often come up as like are you new to IF? Here's our and when we say IF we're just talking about partial games. It's nothing against Twine and Ink games which are amazing and I play lots of those as well. Yes. And it's kind of, I, I will say this Mike I will, I'm sorry to interrupt but I will say this that playing these games made me have a better appreciation for Twine games. It's, it's, a, it's a medium that I personally am just like eh it's fine but then being exposed to a lot of these games uh, there was many a situation where I was like this could have just been a Twine game and it would have been more inter- engaging and well, interesting but I am starting to understand far more the value of Twine as a as a medium for interactive fiction and why it's so valuable because I oh, well, like but no I mean, sorry. But let's talk about the I games just bring up like Twine's amazing I don't know. There's like I I don't yeah. think it's as big of a thing anymore. But there is a little bit of an undercurrent in some parts of the parser community where it's like, well, why would you want to? If it's just choose your own adventure thing or whatever, like there's a little bit of that where it's just like, I don't know. But I at first was a person who who at at a at a surface perspective kind of took that stance but was very accepting of them. And then as I started to play a lot more of modern IF and modern parser, modern twine, I could really start to see the distinctions between the two, mm-hmm. the strengths and weaknesses between them. And um, I mean, if we're going to start talking about the first, what's the first Photopia. one on the list, Mike? Is it what? Photopia? Photopia is one of those weird, rare instances where I would think that that game is a, a, a would fit for twine. And I was like, no, this actually plays to the partial strength. So, yeah, um, it's kind of like a, it almost feels like a proto uh, ink twine type thing. Like it's the yeah. weird little middle ground. And I guess it was divisive at the time. It's my understanding. I mean, should we do, do you think that we should put I mean, are we going to like because these are very short games typically, except for one of them. Do you think that we should have a spoiler tag here because we're gonna are we? get oh, into like are we? all of these that are weird? Do we need a spoiler cause... tag for a twenty-five-year-old free game? 
I mean, it's if someone wants to play this, but like it's also a game though that isn't like puzzle heavy. It isn't something Photopia is very much an experience. It's not one that's meant to be like puzzles and like, oh, you should be struggling to understand what you should be doing here. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, but I don't know if anyone had but also these are like it, but, 20, 30 um, minute games. Most of well, yeah, three of these are like 30 minute mm-hmm. games. And yeah. Um, but Photopia is a is a story about a girl and uh telling stories and it goes back and forth kind of between her own personal life and the stories that she's telling um to a child and kind of how they interweave is really interesting it's it's use of color it's use of settings and this weird juxtaposition between reality and fantasy um as you go to these different locations and you're you're doing these just exploring that space in a very short and mitigated way but it was truncated Although these stories are kind of split apart and truncated in a way that I felt 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 really natural for like a a short story, this this felt like a short story, but it also um, is paced like one, and it worked really well for the parser because I naturally understood what it wanted me to do, and it and it didn't have all of the typical like parser verbiage like the way that you normally interact with the parser there are rules to how you approach this and it didn't have those um entirely and but it was felt really natural yeah uh, to me when i played it which it's is very a positive breezy i guess i mean it's heavy content yeah here, but like it's just you know you're moving through it really quickly um this is actually yeah. one that i heard adam conover <laughs> comic say that this was one of the few parser oh, yeah. games like i forgot where i heard this but like just like on some games podcast talking about like this was one of the few parser games he could get through and that's why i kind of put it on there because it's like adam connor is a, a giant game person well, who by the way absolutely <laughs> loves it adores missed. God damn it. And so yeah i know i know I, know. I guess i had to come up um, um although he hadn't played degrees. this online he hadn't played Mist Online yet, though, and I was very. I reached out to him and be like, "You have to play Mist Online." He's like, "I will play Mist uh, Online." Like, yes, um, thank you. <laughs> but this is like the Pee Wee Herman word of the day thing, where it's. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I've said it before. If anyone says Mist or Shenmue anywhere on the internet, I just appear and I'm like, "Oh my god, but, let's talk about yeah, it." Yeah, I mean, this is like a 20 minute. <laughs> Sorry. It does some really good stuff with yeah, color. It's really short. It, it was like 15 minutes. Um, yeah, it was really short. They're like, there's no real challenges. Um, I, Sorry, Caroline, what were your thoughts on Photopia? Did you like it or no? Um, I Honestly, I don't remember. I know that I tried it and I did not get into it. And that doesn't mean yeah. anything about it itself. Yeah. Um, I do agree. It's one of those things that you see mentioned on lists, not just of good beginner IF, but of the best IF. I think for mainstream publications, those two categories are probably collapsed into one because people find the genre uh, somewhat inaccessible Mm -hmm. if they're not into it with the kind of like muscle memory of what to do and how they work. Um, Well, that's the thing, like a lot of, not the games here, I think maybe with the exception of bronze, but like, in a lot of these parser games, bigger ones, you have to like get a map or draw a map, even take notes and do all this stuff. And it's like, that's kind of asking a lot. And even though I find it rewarding <laughs> when I am in the mood for it, it's still like, yeah, kind of, it's still a hurdle. You still have to like get a <laughs> notebook, 
get you know a pen whatever pencil but i guess not i mean there's now applications on your computer where you can map things but yeah. like you know it's, it's still a little bit of a hurdle to do this where it's you know there's it, yeah it's investment it's investment when you when you're playing a parser game you have to it, it's not something that you can kind of just pause and or stop for a day or two like you have to be on on point otherwise you really do mm-hmm. lose sight of what you were doing or what the goals are or what those clues are because uh with a you know with adventure games in general but with parser games very specifically um the words that they use are your clues to understanding what you need to do. And if you haven't solved the puzzle, but received those clues and now you take some time off, Mm -hmm. those are gone. You can't remember the very specific two sentences that were said to you four days ago and now have to use that to save the world. (laughs) Like, you know, and not knowing that you needed those two sentences at any point in time. Um, And so it's not like a game where, you know, you have to remember what button jumps and what button shoots. Here it's, what was my goal? What was the setup? What was the the payoff? What, what, you know, what segued into what here? What, where was I? What was I doing? And that stuff is a lot more complex and complicated and hard to do. But with a game like Photopia, it, like I said, it's, it's, it seemed to me felt very much like a short story, a short story experience for people mm-hmm. to go into. Um, th- it, there was very little in terms of puzzles. Um, and it's a, it's a story where you're getting everything kind of out of order chronologically but that is part of the setup and payoff and part of this tension that that happens because um i mean the 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 character the main character this girl who is telling these stories uh she is in a car accident the outcome of which we don't entirely understand like what happens afterwards but it still seems tragic um because the game begins as a person in a car that is the person who starts this accident, the person who is responsible for this. And then it moves on into these segments where uh, the girl is reading, they're telling stories to a, a girl she's babysitting and it's on the drive home that this happens. And like, it sets this up to a moment where you're just like, oh my God, like this is going to happen. And I can't believe that this is going to happen. Um, and you feeling this powerlessness, it, this realization that now, you know, the thing in the very beginning is what's going to be happening here. and. I can't do anything to stop this now. Holy crap. Um, and it was very enjoyable for that, I think. And I like, I just like the, the story she's telling is about this girl in space uh, trying to survive and, and spread life, you know, in a, in a tragic situation. It was really interesting. Yeah. Oh, that, that was, was good. Funny. Okay. We can talk about your feet. <laughs> Thumbs up. That would be, that would probably be the one oh, that really? I really like the first, like people. first, like if yeah. you're okay. Yeah um because uh it was it was simple it was a very simple game and i felt like the the language it it clues you in on what language to use and it felt very natural um and so i guess the the most arbitrary thing there is just that you have to know that the the directions are east west north and south and up and down like you know for some people that that is foreign to them but outside of that language right there it all seemed to be pretty natural I'm going to talk about your favorite game. So the next game we had was Shade by Andrew Plotkin. Oh, I should say Photopia was by Adam Cadre. I think that's how you say it. And yes. that was released in 1998. So 
I think the modern quote unquote modern um, uh, IF community, parser community started in 93, which is interesting because Legend Entertainment was doing this stuff at the, but anyway, yeah. it's, I mean, it's, I think the 93 folks are trying to replicate yes. the, the Infocom, yeah. like, you know, that, that thing. And, but, but yeah. Okay. Anyway, I mean, that's a whole we, we can, <laughs> that's a that's a story for um, a different podcast but yeah all right we'll talk about shade briefly that was by andrew plotkin that came out in 2000 um yeah i don't know i i'm i'm more upbeat on this game than you are like i but i also get it um like i think the middle part kind of felt like a slog to me on the replay the first time i played it many years ago i was like yeah that was neat um it's short it's like 30 yeah. minutes long. So even the, I, I would still say, I'd still say try it like a 30 minute game, whatever. Um, but yeah. for me, yeah, yeah I, I think the middle part felt a little like a slog, but like the beginning, I was fine with the beginning and then, but like even then my opinion of it this time is just like, yeah, it was fine. And while you're much yeah. more done. Shade, Shade is a, a game where you are a person who is preparing for their vacation yes. to the desert, um, where you're going to be doing a survivalist thing in the desert for, and also like a music festival. Um, and yeah, I I I, I feel bad because I think that Andrew Plotkin is a very talented writer and a very talented like game mm -hmm. designer, but like a Shade. Okay, really so what game would so by Andrew like, would but, you recommend then? I guess is there one that you can think of that the Dreamhold or something? Well, I mean. Yeah, may, yeah, maybe. Um, and and says the thing is that like I haven't gotten to play all of this stuff, but I'm very enticed to play some of his more oh, daunting, yeah, that's and, and I difficult ones. Those are those I want to play. I want to play those. Yeah, <laughs> but I want to know. Um, but but Caroline, did you play Shade? What did you think of Shade? I didn't play Shade. I'm just looking through a description okay. of it. And... I'm glad you didn't, because <laughs> Shade is not. It's not fun. I... It's not fun. Um, well, it, it's um... a it's a one room adventure game. Um, where you are, uh, you have a, so you're trying to like wake up and, and go through like the preparation of, mm -hmm. I have a to-do list. Let's follow this to-do list. And then of course you start to see sand everywhere and you're like, oh, okay. We're, we're in. Uh, yeah. And that's right the part now. where it kind of gets a little tedious. Well, it, it, it's, it's, it's cumbersome because yeah. there's a lot of reasons. Um, and one of the big reasons is because it's sense of space. It's a one room IF. But if you want to interact with the other rooms, the kitchen and the bathroom of your place, like you have to still go there, but it doesn't doesn't have this transition. And so you're like, open the fridge. You're like, you don't see the fridge here. It's like, go into the kitchen. And it's like, okay. Uh, I, and, but you're still not. That didn't not bother me. It was just the, though, the, for the, the part that bothered me. It was just like you kind of have to trigger things and it's after a while it's like yeah i get yeah. it but uh um i get but, it. yeah yeah and so for the people at home i guess that are familiar with people at home people listening they're familiar they probably know that he made a tutorial game called the dream hold and the only reason i didn't put yeah. this here sorry it was just because there's i wanted to get a variety of things uh yeah I know that's kind of not fair to not put explicitly not put yeah. the tutorial game on here. I've played it before. It does a very good job tutorializing what I have or parser games are. So if yeah. you do want to play something by Andrew Plotkin, I would probably recommend that one. Um, 
because yeah. it, it does a really good job. It's but like no, here's how high uh, parser games work and etc. And it's it, yeah. Well, well. So I mean, to, to talk about what is a good parser game and what isn't. I mean, one of the big things is is language usage, including people into what language you use. Photopia did a great job of this, and Shade does not at all. Um, you have a to-do list that is ever-changing because of your hallucinations, but it's telling you what to do to continue to progress the story, but it'll tell you to do something, and you're like, okay, I want to do that. And it's like, I don't know what you're talking about. And it's like, you have to use different verbiage than what is on your to-do list in order to successfully do the task, which to me is just very unintuitive. You butt against this parser constantly to have it understand what you mean. Um, and it also tricks you into things that aren't necessary or conducive to the story. The, 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 the plot concept you get right away of what is happening. Um, and then you're like, okay, well, I want to continue this list. And it's like, use different words than what we say. And it's like, okay, well then what words do you want me to use? I don't know. I don't think, like, I didn't find myself butting up on it because it seems like it was very straightforward, yeah. maybe to a fault. Yeah. And there were also, but, there was also a, a, a to-do list item that you can't do. And it's just like, uh, why? I have eh, no the, wait. Like, the tools to Which do it. Why can't about? I do it? And it's like, no, use the socks. Make sure you pack oh. your socks. So you can't do that list, that one on the list. And it pops up like in a moment where I'm like, okay, well, what do I do now? And I just had to wait. And then it was like, okay, well, here's some more things on the do list. I was like, oh. all right. Anyway, I, I still think I have, it's um, short. So I'm, it's like. I'm developing a theory uh, based <laughs> on how I know uh, John also feels about Galatea. We can get into that. that <laughs> when, when games when games use the format itself to play with your expectations, he does not like that. And when the Whoa. story when the story itself transcends the format and uses the the means of the format as part of the storytelling, because okay, I'll just say it's very funny to me that you're like this game is about hallucinating, but it really no no me I, 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 I get in a linear I, way like that. But is, it tells you to do them in a linear way. It it but it. It's, it, it the game it reinforces is... it. It gives you feedback and it says, yes, that's what you should be doing. Yes, that's this is how you're going to continue this story. This is how you're supposed to continue this story. Now for this one particular thing, it's not going to. You have to wait for us to then give you more different uh, things to then do yeah, continue I, I that. Know that, that I, I think... I don't know. Like it's different with Galatea. Galatea is a different reason altogether, but we'll okay. get into let's this. go. Let's go to that game we'll get into because it. I can hide under the table and you can... I'm I'm Kermit the Frogging flailing right now. Okay, is, so <laughs> Caroline, do you want to talk about Galatea? I like the game. Sure. Yes. What are, I'm like so not. Mike was also telling me like, oh, I thought so Galatea. because I, I thought you to play Galatea. It does interesting stuff with the parser and like I, I will let you all talk because I want to know why you, one like what about Galatea made it good for you guys because it was it didn't work for I me. just it love didn't. her writing but mm -hmm. I, I really want to know like oh says galatea came out for you guys um is it wait I oh go, go ahead go ahead go 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 yeah yeah, yeah yeah let caroline yes, talk, please, please talk. <laughs> hashtag let I'm caroline sorry. talk <laughs> so uh galatea is a 2000 interactive fiction game i think it was made with inform mm -hmm. uh mm -hmm. like the other games we've played so far and it's by Emily Short, who is a luminary 
in the community. She is now the narrative director at Fail Better Games. Maybe mm-hmm. actually the creative director, I, I think, think, is her, so? her title. Yeah. She's um she's a big heavy, both in the world of narrative games and in the world of uh kind of careers in game making and all kinds of things. She is super transparent about all her experiences and with great advice. And she's just a wonderful person to have in the, in the community. And um, Galatea is, (laughs) it's almost like a tech demo Uh and it is an, an interactive version of the myth of Pygmalion. So you are interacting with a beautiful living statue and the game challenges you with how you're able to interact with her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. <gasps> um, so with, with Galatea, yeah, uh, you are to investigate the legitimacy of this thing. You're supposed to determine if this is actually a robot, a, a construct of some sort, or if this is a truly a magical and supernatural event. Um, I will say this, that the writing is great. Um, and I, I think that Emily Short is a, a brilliant designer and a super fantastic uh, person who is awesome. Like I loved Counterfeit Monkey. I played that very recently. And I thought that that is legitimately a truly brilliant game, not only from a narrative standpoint, um, a game design standpoint, but also from even a technical standpoint and programming. Um, but with Galatea, I struggled. I struggled. Also, yeah. I, oh, it was tough for Even me. what you said about what you're supposed to do being to do anything, I don't think is accurate. It's, yeah. Your goal isn't to do anything. It's just to talk and touch her and see what she's yeah. about. And see, so see, the problem with my thing is also that like, I am also just a person who's like, um, to, to, when, when I treat, so the game doesn't really give a, a perspective of this, this character and the character's motive, the person you're playing, their motivations, their perspective, it changes based on your inputs. Um, and cause it, it has many, many, many different endings. There's so many different based on what you decide to try to do. Um, mm-hmm. but from my experience with it, uh, what happened was that like the game just time and time again, it's just like, no, no, you don't No, You don't get to ask that question. You don't get to tell them those things. You don't get to, uh, interact that way. And mm-hmm. it happened constantly. Uh, so when I would try to like have a conversation or, or continue asking questions or follow up questions to the things that they were providing, it's just like, no. And it's like, oh, okay. So it, it felt like the questions I had to ask were just really, uh, superficial questions. So, um, questions that were about like her past and like about these people. And it was just like, no i don't want to i don't that stuff's not important to me for me yeah that stuff's not important for me so when i came into playing this game i was far more like how are you feeling like what what is your perspective of where you are right now um being a living statue that everyone is sitting here ogling what are your thoughts and feelings in this moment um what do you think about this what do you think about that um and like what's um uh, what is it that you want? 
what do you want out of these things? And it's like, for me, that's what I see naturally. Cause I'm a person who's, who isn't, um, I'm, I'm just like, okay, you're a magic statue. For me, I'm maybe like, yep, you're a magic statue. I believe you. You say that you are, I believe you. And instead it's like, no, you should touch her and make her uncomfortable and touch her hair and make her upset or like just touch her body. And I'm just like, I don't want to do that. The game never says that you should do any of that. Oh, when you hit help, it very much is like, oh, you should try these things. And like, maybe you should try (laughs) that. And it's like, I I don't want to try that. Oh my gosh, you are. Okay. I, I understand the idea of disagreement. I will just say. You're interpretation of the entire game seems really just factually incorrect to me and you i think you're absolutely right i think you're absolutely right i had a a different experience completely because um it didn't give me feedback on what this what the protagonist this person that i am what they want to do out of this what do they want to get out of this because all you need that as a player well, because otherwise, then it, then the goal is do what you want. Do what you yeah. as the person should want. And I was like, okay, this is what I want to do. And it's like, no, you can't do that. You can't. Sorry. You have to do it a very specific way. And it, that was that was a struggle for me. That was okay. very much a struggle. But no, Caroline, so, so tell me, I want to know about your experience. That's what I want to know. Like, I want to know. So what did, how did, when you started this game, what was your expectations? first and foremost, because expectations are super important for laying down the groundwork of how you're going to approach this thing going Mm -hmm. forward. Um, But also like, uh, how was the journey for you? What was the realizations? What were the things that you're like, oh, this is the avenues I can go down. Oh, these are the things that I can do. Oh, this, I want to look into this. I want to look into that. What endings did you get? Um, Mm -hmm. Those sorts of things. Because that I think is also super important. Well, so I will say, I think our backgrounds are different. I yes. am a professional writer. I studied English in school. I love ancient myths and I also love Pygmalion stories in particular, like My Fair Lady. So oh, yeah. the idea grabbed me right away. I think it's a beautiful concept to, mm-hmm. um, as the game itself tells you, basically be an interactive tool about the limits of interacting with a non player character. And I think I understand that the experience that you had was frustrating, but for me, the paths of what to ask next were usually pretty clear when she would mention, let's say you examine her gown and she's like, I asked for clothes, but they gave me this like silly dress. And it's cold and there's too much fabric on my legs and not enough on my arms, you know. And, and um, so then you ask. At that point, OK, the game does tell you. That one of your verbs that you can do is the word touch. I touched her hand. I touched her wrist once when she was. Kind of rubbing it absently like a nervous tick. Mm-hmm. and. um. I asked her a lot about the artists who created her, the mechanisms of sculpture, um, the tools that were used, how those did make her feel, which um, she talked about 
different tools making her feel pain or discomfort, mm-hmm. different tools making her yeah. feel afraid. Um, the and, eyes, the eyes, <laughs> yeah. that's harrowing. Yeah, that and, was. Yes. And I also really liked it as. It's it's interesting to me to think about. Basically, like a, if people don't know art words, which is fine, um, subtractive sculpture is when you start with a big block and you literally subtract until you have the final piece that you want compared with additive, which would be something like coil pottery or 3D printing, which is when you are adding material until you're satisfied. And um, the idea of sculpting with something like marble is so daunting and also people talk about it like oh the statue was always in there i just freed it or whatever which is like such a bs way to kind of downplay (laughs) skills but um i also just as a person who studies narratives and things like that the tension between That she has obviously become an autonomous person, but does not have. Autonomy. It's hard to explain, but it's almost like um, one of Emily Short's other games that's really, really beautiful is called B. It's about a spelling B contestant. And she is raised in this extremely strict religious family. And uh, Galatea is almost that child who has no uh reference point so she's like i only know what he told me i only know the inside of the crate they brought me in the plaster cast that was the other version of me um and then when you ask her about certain things that she obviously should be able to talk to you about like the fact that the creator pygmalion died by suicide she doesn't have words about that and that's yeah because she, she's like expecting this yeah, yeah. She, she's expecting to be like where is he oh he wouldn't come because he doesn't like me and you're like he yeah. died and she's like oh i don't understand what that means okay sure you know. right and there's moments when her tension as the creation is so clear like when she learns about the phases of life and she asks, why didn't you just create me as a child so I could grow up? And he laughs at her, which is like. Yeah, because he wanted that oh, guy. Yeah. Is. Oh, my gosh. No. So that that's where I compliment Emily Short's like writing abilities, because it does want you to have this empathy. It does want you to elicit these kind of emotional reactions. And it does so with a plume. Sure. Well, I think that's a good note on which to segue into our next game which is another emily short game but a very different one yeah so which is um hey. hi mike sorry mike you don't I get can, to talk about i you can don't get to crawl talk about out from under the table all right yeah so bronze is basically isn't I it think, just i think we were very civil we're both midwesterners yeah i'm proud of us yeah right okay um yeah so i bronze came out in tw- yeah 2006 it's basically not to be reductive, but it's 
basically a retelling of Beauty and the Beast. Would you say mm-hmm. that? Yeah, that's not reductive. I mean, that's it is well, what it was. Yeah. It's part of a package of fairy yeah. tale games that came out yeah. all at the same time. But a true fairy tale, not the Disneyfication of fairy tale. Right. Right. And I loved it. Oh, okay. Yeah, I love bronze. I didn't beat it, sadly, because it was just really long. It, it is was a time long. issue for yeah. me. Um, but I, I really I like the two. I think if I were to play it again, I would not do it at the tail end of playing five text adventures in a row. <laughs> uh, yeah, that is not the balls of the game. game. Um, I will say um, to me, as somebody who's a bit more outside of this genre as the two of you, to me, bronze feels more like what I think of as a satisfying adventure experience where you yes. are literally like exploring a very concrete space. You, you find objects and they make sense to find the uh, color flavor text is wonderful. It draws you into the world. It hints that there's more that you're not even hearing about, even while you're exploring and things kind of, it's more of, I guess, <laughs> escape room. It's an escape room, but it's an escape castle. Yeah. <laughs> no. Metroidvania escape castle. <laughs> so how I, how I best described this when I was playing this, I was like, this is the most infocom yes. game that I, we, I played. It is very infocom in kind of just the puzzle structure, the the layout, the exploration, uh, even like the, the, the quote unquote maze that she has constructed in the basement, like underground. Um, it's very infocom-y. Um, and, uh, but it's of course really well written narratively and they have a really great, like setup and payoff. You, you talk about Caroline about how, um, uh, there's a narrative behind the scenes that the game isn't telling you and the room descriptions are not like very verbose, but you get this sensation and feeling as if there has been a world of events that have happened here that there is a story underlying behind all of these things. And even though the room descriptions are only two or three sentences long, and there are some rooms that like you go into and revisit and a memory happens and those things can rehappen. Mm-hmm. But it's even in those places where that stuff is not the case. It's only two sentence description. You still feel like there's a lot going on in that room, that it has this history, that it has this world before, during, and after that has existed. And it has a sense of atmosphere that is absolutely spectacular. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Michael, what did you think of it? Good stuff. No, um, I, yeah, I think like also me- <laughs> mechanically, like with all of her games that I played, they're just like incredibly solid. Like every puzzle felt like it made sense. I didn't like the tutorialization of the game is fantastic. Um, all the quality of life Mm -hmm. stuff that's in there. So like it teaches you how to play a parcher game. Uh, there's a little hint Mm -hmm. system built in. I think if I remember correctly, it does something with a map. Does it? Yeah, it gives you, she does, she does a compass rose in a lot of stuff. And she also, she gives you a little counter of how many rooms you have. That's right. Okay. Which is super helpful. It, it makes it like. Sometimes I think that can give you a feeling of completionism, but in this case, it was just like, 
where can all these other rooms be? Like it really mm-hmm. heightens the mystery feeling and like you are overwhelmed with her as she's trying to yes. get her bearings and make her way out. It's like an anxiety dream where you just like keep turning corners and there's more stuff and you're like, all I want is daylight. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a gamification of exploration. Um, you're you're yeah. feeling like you've accomplished something just by seeing that go up far more than a score. Scores can sometimes like help you quantify that. Oh, that was an important thing that I did, and it's related to something mm-hmm. bigger. But when you have like discovered new rooms and stuff like this, that's a big deal. I will say this: my only, my only criticism to this game, the only one, is that there's so many situations where I'm entering a room. And it tells me the exits are to the east and to the west. There's also an exit to the north. And it just doesn't tell you that. And it's like, oh, there, there's rooms to the north, east and south. There's also rooms to the southeast and southwest. But it doesn't tell me. And so, like, that was my only gripe with the game. Was that there are other facets of the room that you're in that it doesn't tell you about, but it does for others. And there's sometimes situations where there's more to the room that meets the eye. And I totally okay with those things but there is like uh i had to find the beast and i'm in the like the the tower where the the bedrooms are and stuff like this and it's like north i can't go in because it stinks there's a smelly room you know a smell to it that i can't go into south is my room and to the east is the sitting room and he's in the southeast bedroom the other guest bedroom but it doesn't ever tell me that there's a guest bedroom there and i was just like i spent Mm -hmm. so long looking for him and I was like, I'm just going to go into every room and do every single direction. And then that's how I found them. And I was like, okay, that's frustrating. But other than that, that one thing, everything else was fantastic. The game, the, every puzzle was so well designed and every hint and clue and word uses they have to help you key you in on what you need to do was very apparent. Um, it was really good. It's so good. It was so good. Mm-hmm. If you want a uh, a thing that is because it's very texted, it's a the perfect merge of text adventure and interactive fiction. So like it's that perfect merger of them. Um, and she does that super well because counterfeit monkey is a very similar situation. Um, and I think that it's just it's absolutely brilliant, absolutely brilliant. I loved it a lot, and I want to finish it. I haven't finished it. But like, I'm going to, I didn't because of just time, but it was so good. And I was so compelled that it was like, yes, I want to continue this, but it was just really long. It was really good though. Well, so, are there other games that do the thing where you can type, go to room? Because that, that was really nice in here. You could say, go. Oh, yeah. Like fast travel, yeah, yeah. but for text parser. Could, it is. It, this game does have great quality of life. Yeah. Um, I didn't know you could do that, but because yeah. I because oh. when I turned on the tutorial thing and it's telling me the basics and it was doing that, though, like you can also interact with this this way. And I was like, no, no, blah, 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 blah. like I, I get it. I get it. OK, turn that off. And I'm like, I don't want to do that part. I don't want to do that anymore. And then I was like, oh, the well, there's, of life, so. there's other things that it, I could do that would be helpful. But I, I knew my way around the place. Like, oh, yeah. I didn't. I never any point. I didn't even map. But I was like, I had a very good sense of that space. And that tells you also how good of a game is because it's it's a large, it's fairly large. There's a lot of places you can go to, but at no point. Yeah, there's over 50 rooms. Yeah. At no point did I internally be like, how do I get to that place again? And it's like I, I knew exactly where it was in that space. And that that also was a major um, testament to like how well she crafted that game. Mm hmm. No, you're good. Sorry, I'm so tired. Um, be- Caroline, I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry, I didn't like Galatea. <laughs> I, I will say this. I will say this too. Um, 
it, to listeners out there, if you you have you have uh, you have taken anything from this, don't listen to the person that says, "I couldn't get into it because it, I, I bumped into these things." Listen to the person who says, "I was totally into this for these reasons because they're the one who's going to tell you." how to approach and enjoy that game. So in Galatea's commentary, completely ignore me. Listen to, to, to Caroline here, please. I don't think anyone should ignore you, but I'll say that it's a 20 minute game. Like you can like... Ignore me. Yeah, you can play Galatea five times in yeah. a half an hour. Yeah. Okay. So I, I, eh. I, for mo- yeah, the, I think the first three games we talked about are all really short. So it's like, if you're on the fence, it's just like, yeah, just... Give it a shot. Um, Even bronzes, I think, maybe like three to four hours. Does I think that feel so. right? With bronze, yeah, yeah, this, yeah. This so it's like it's longer than a maybe like a one yes. session game in most contexts, yeah. but it's not like a long like counterfeit monkey we talked about before is. I would say in the 15 to 20 hour range, depending yeah. on if you're bad at games, which is me. Well, no, I'm like, closer yeah. to Well, when I played Counterfeit Monkey, for me, it was like 12 hours ish. I mean, I you think. played it with someone else it took me. for most. Well, only pro- one oh. part, one session, only one four hour session. The rest was just me. So, okay. um, so it, it, I think it took me about 12 hours. So that's you're not you're not crazy. It is genuinely tricky sometimes, too, which I would say in bronze, there were times when I felt a little bit stuck until I then did something like look at my inventory and be like, Oh yeah. Like it's dark in here. Maybe it doesn't need to be dark. <laughs> Which is very straightforward seeming once you realize it, but counterfeit monkey is like a full on the puzzles get challenging. They have multiple solutions. Sometimes <laughs> you feel, you feel like you have agency in counterfeit monkey. Um, mm-hmm. I have a question for you guys, and this is a really uh, big one. Uh, like, it's it's a silly pu- question, but what was your favorite puzzle, Mike? What was your favorite puzzle? I don't remember. I'm not good about that kind of thing. Where it's um, put Mike on the spot. Well, it's also well, been what about you? What about you, then, Caroline? Like, you think about it. You you sit and think about this. I will say, um, I remember. Okay, it has been years since I played bronze. Okay. Um. I remember really liking how you would figure out like the smelly room where you would have to then find um, the right thing to do that thing. Um, But I remember it more in terms of like the rooms that I really enjoyed when I found them. I loved um, there's like the like the portrait gallery, Mm. which is very just and i think there is a puzzle in that room to like get into you have to like find a key that goes into like a little um i liked you find a room that's like almost like a bookkeeping kind of room where it just has like a desk with all these like secrets and um and i liked stumbling around in the basement where um i grew up in a very old house that had a super creepy yucky basement and that part of the game really was tense for me (laughs) so it's like I'm typing words about this basement. I feel fear in my heart. It's like very effective. Yeah, no, uh, I grew up in a uh, centennial home with like an unfinished basement and like. Uh, yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah, see, and and yeah, there there is a there is an aura about those types of basements because it feels very natural, mm-hmm. but it also feels incredibly 
supernatural. There's something about it. We also found a mummified cat. So that also adds to my creepiness. What am I going to find in this place? But I also agree with you that like that basement area, it's just, it's dark and you hear sounds and it's talking about, and, and, Hearing isn't really important here. And that's also a strange thing for an interactive fiction to do or a text adventure in general is to appeal to a lot of the difference, different senses um, and mm-hmm. how to do so effectively. And it does it so wonderfully because it captures that feeling of being in the dark and having to rely on, on your hearing and, and how to enhance that hearing. And it was so good at creating that atmosphere because I was genuinely on edge. I was generally unnerved by all the things that happened because you know you know what's happened, but the, mm-hmm. the, the character has not, Belle has not, and is trying to discover these things. And you're like, oh no, like, oh no, where, is, when am I going to find the things that I think is happening? Um, and it's very, very tense. The whole game does a great job of creating that sense of tension. Yeah. Do either of you know about a tabletop game called Bluebeard's Bride? I know no. of it. I haven't played it though. Tell me. It's a very dark, horrifying telling of the folktale of Bluebeard, where he has his young wife who is told she can absolutely not go in one room, right? That story is very iconic, but um, Bluebeard's Bride is... it's, It's also an exploration, and then in each room you find almost like a complete set piece of someone's horrible experience with Bluebeard. Yeah. And it's definitely a very feminist, very uh, confrontational about trauma kind of game. And when I, they played it on one shot, which is wild. That is weird. Okay. Really? (laughs) Yeah. It's, but it's, it's wonderful. And they actually had the creator of the game play with them. And the whole time I was just thinking like, this is this reminds me so much of bronze because you see the indelible marks that this unseen force has made in every room that you go in everything she picks up and touches she's like oh like i remember one time we were having dinner and blah 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 and you're like i i like inhabit this it's almost like a ghost that's with you. Yes. It's very powerful. The best way to describe it, it is like a ghost that is with you this entire time. It's so, it is very mm-hmm. strong. It's so strong. Like if there's a person who um, is willing to dive into text adventures headfirst or interactive fiction headfirst, like this is, this is the game if you want to be like, just take me. I don't, I don't just teach me. <laughs> I don't, I'm, I'm going to go for the, like the full experience, the full immersion. Right. Just like walk around. Yep. What rooms can I go yeah. in? <laughs> because you, you get something even just by exploring. And that is, I feel the most valuable or one of the most enticing things that IF can do, that text adventures can do, that parser games can do is that, um, is discovery and, and this game does so flawlessly. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Michael, I think we have uh, one of the great tone whiplashes of all time to go back into yes. last page yeah. after this. Um, is yeah, last because I don't have that much to say about this, really. I'm sorry. I didn't have much yeah, to say about it. It's, it's kind just of a, like, yeah. It's a little it's, bite-sized yeah, game. It's, it's cute. cute. It's yeah. iconic. It's fun. It's fun. Yeah. You lost you your lost pig. pig. Oh. You're a Nork. It's a good, yeah, I think it, that's, this is one that comes up a lot for, I think, for like, hey, mm-hmm. if you're new to this and... You know, I wouldn't recommend this for new players. 
Oh, all. because the dialogue is the narration's low. No, it it's just that like I do feel like the the puzzles are and not that the puzzles are bad, like by no stretch of the imagination. I love the puzzles. But I'm, I feel like for a lot of people, this is a hard thing for new people to get into and like understand how to how to interact. Um, yeah, it's a little obtuse. Okay. And, but that's not the fault of the game, because I think the game is a lot of fun. I think it's really enjoyable. Oh, yeah. And um, the characters in it are endearing. The setting is very endearing. All of the stuff that they do in this small amount of space is is packed with stuff to do and interact with and look at and play around with. Um. It's just that, yeah, like a, a person who doesn't hasn't flexed those muscles of playing uh, with parser games will look at this and just be like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Like, I don't understand. What do you want me to do? I don't I don't get this because it, it does the, the Infocom game thing where it's like we're going to describe things in very alien ways to you because you're an orc. Yeah. You wouldn't know what this is. Um, and, but you as a player will sit there and just be like, for a lot of people will be like, I don't, I don't understand what this is. What does that mean? What does that even represent? Um, and, but like, if you're a seasoned adventurer, if you're a seasoned parser player, um, like, you know, that puzzle structure, you know what it's trying I to do. I guess so. Okay. That's fair. I think it just comes up a lot because it's got, I think it's got a tutorial. It's got a hint system. It's, it's hint system is really die. great. It, that, that, that's helpful for people. But if if the, the base concept is tough for someone. I guess that's right. Like, yeah. The hint system is not going to help you because now they're going to be like, I'm just going to use the hint system the whole time. And now what did I do? I just wasted my time because I didn't accomplish anything. Um, But I, I still love the game. I thought it was fun. Yeah. But it's, yeah. I think it's the only goofy one in this list. So I think if you're like not in the mood for something heavier yeah i think are all these heavy well shade's not yeah uh shade no i mean shade kind of kind of not like bronze and botopia where it's like oh emotional the the question then for you like what do you feel was the heaviest then of all of these i felt like bronze was the heaviest far more heavier than galatea even though galatea i think is i think well bronze is just like that yes that like the atmosphere it's just like ooh. um yeah it has that it has that hanging haze yes. of like when you're watching like a thriller movie and you're like nothing means what i think everything is a secret yeah. there's also a weight when you play bronze there's a weight on your shoulders there's this feeling of oppression there's this feeling of like uh, like you're walking around like the best way I can say like walking around with like lead shoes like trying to move through this space and like you feel you feel the emotion that Belle has gone through her in her life in this castle you you feel that like the reluctance to return but this this also this this desire to do so but there's this a lot of conflicting emotions from that character um but with lost pig, lost yeah, pig is, there's no sense yeah it's so silly so, and it's so lost fun. pig is fun yeah because there's like a I little like bit it. of a sadness in most of these other games i'm sorry yeah. that yeah but um yeah lost pig just chase a pig around basically That's, pig. i think it's also it's also just like such a catchy name for a game like Nothing else is going to be called Lost Pig. Yeah. So I think it's 
easy very, to bring. Kind of like the title of Get Lamp it, well, is very evocative. Lost Pig you know? needed to add a fall at the end. Lost Pig Fall. Like, you need to have a fall at the end, right? For it to be a, a real serious video game. Like, every other game in the world right now has a fall in it. <laughs> I love Lost Pig as a title. It's so good. Everything is good. Yeah. I just, that, that was so much fun. It was just charming. Okay. Um, I actually played that game first when it had won initially. Um, uh, what whatever major award it won at the time, it won a, one of the competitions, and that was like when around the time when Get Lamp had come out. I feel like, um, and I was like, oh, I don't, know. I don't like this, and revisiting oh, really? it now, oh. I was just like, yeah, well, I was also a kid and I was stupid and impatient. Oh, um, oh no, I don't and, think. <laughs> I think if someone bounced off this, that'd be very understandable. Yeah, but now having played a bunch of Infocom games and played like that style of game, okay. coming into it now, I was very much like, oh, okay, I get what it wants me to do. I understand. I flex those muscles enough now that this is coming very naturally to me. But I, I don't think it would come naturally to people who have not played those types of games. Okay. Yeah, I bounced okay. off. All right, all right. I'll take yeah, and that, that's okay. Like, I don't blame you. I don't blame you one bit. Um, I thought it was. Yeah, I definitely don't blame the game. It's yeah. just like. Um, for the kind of game that I want to play, I I don't want to sit there and like feel very frustrated right away about like my pig. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so like, well, there's the pig. Why can't I pick it up? So we have just a few kind of more things that we want to get to before we. Yeah. So May's game is Thomasry, which is by Infocom alumni Bob Bates. I would also recommend so for the rest of the month, this episode's late, but I would also recommend that one if you're new, because it's got a lot of nice quality of life features and stuff like a think feature where you type think and it tells you all the stuff you're working on. So if you stepped away for a few days, it just says like, here are the things you were last doing. And it's like, oh, thank you. As a parent, I do not get to play games every day. So <laughs> I appreciated that. And then uh yeah and then every episode we do a shout out to some adventure game folks or someone i don't know some kind of game developer or streamer or someone out there that we like uh i guess we're this week we're doing ludum dare they are responsible for uh, moderating a giant (laughs) cluster of games and it's such a ridiculous amount of work to do this was it three times a year i think so um the reason that i suggested them is because in the most recent ludum dare they had a weird targeted attack of spam entries like okay thousands and they all have to be gone through by hand and weeded out from the real entries and ludum is already a very big project and yep. the amount of just having to screen all of that stuff manually and um, they were having to like ban entire domains that email addresses were coming from and stuff like that. So um, on top of an already enormous amount of work <laughs> to have to do that much extra like cybersecurity is a nightmare. So I really have felt for them while they've been figuring Oof. that out. Yeah. Good Lord. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, go check them out. Anyway, there's a lot of good games coming from that. Uh, really, anyone who organizes a game jam, it's a pretty thankless job. So, thank you. Oh, I thought that's. Oh, 
Oh, I can I can shout out some beautiful games that people made for a jam that I just ran. Yeah. I ran a jam called the Four Color Art Jam, which you can find if you Google it. It's on itch. And people made extraordinary art that's so beautiful. And I had like 15 people make games. And all the games are united by the same color scheme, but the games themselves are all over the map. There's uh, like a partly made dating sim. There's a game that's like a demon version of the game Unpacking. It's so great. Um, There's one where you explore a 3D environment to gather beans for a frog queen. It's just like such a... Oh my gosh, there's a game where you throw eggs that is amazing. There's one where you golf. There's people did amazing stuff. So um give that a Google if you want and yeah. check out some We'll of put it in the games. show notes. It's yeah, it's fantastic. Great. I highly recommend it too. It's really people good. People did okay. such an amazing job. Okay. I think that does it for this episode, unless people have something to add. Um uh, yeah, I guess where can people find uh, Caroline where can people find you well I am mainly a contributing editor at popular mechanics so you can find me there writing about all kinds of things um cosmology warp speed travel whiskey science (laughs) all kinds of things that just come up and um you can find me all over the internet at the same handle, basically, which is editorial. If you see me around, you know what it is, but yep. I'm easy to find. Yeah. Well, and we'll put links in show notes. Yeah. And stuff. Uh, John, what about you? I'm all over the place as well, sadly. Um, so, uh, yeah, I stream video games. I do game commentary on YouTube, um, twitch.tv slash focus meat factory. Um, and uh youtube you can look me up on youtube just as that so that's all um and yeah i um just all over the place just on like mastodon you know like for my my socials for that stuff um but yeah no uh yeah thank you mike for having me oh. I, love, I love being on here thank you thank you caroline for coming in by the way and yeah. having a wonderful conversation i was very happy to oh yeah thanks for coming on everyone Uh, (laughs) thank you mike thank you mike for being here as Um, well yeah and we'll have links to everything we're on coast (laughs) mastodon uh like and subscribe whatever i don't know what people do at the end of these but you know great listeners listeners community is nice everybody's very friendly yeah yeah questions all the time all ability levels very welcome yes so that about does it for this episode yes uh so uh yeah good night everyone bye